My butt's sweaty. Your butt is sweaty? Yeah. Mine's, mine's a little itchy, but I've been sitting on this chair with that underwear on for like the last three hours. Oh my God. <laughs> But still, it's a little itchy. Good for you. I like, I'd never wear underwear, almost never wear underwear to sleep in if I'm wearing pajama pants. Same. But I like wearing just underwear if I'm not wearing pants. I am the exact same. If I'm wearing shorts or pants, Uh I'm not wearing underwear with it. Uh Uh-huh. But if I'm wearing like a sleep shirt or a nightgown, I want to wear underwear with it. And I specifically pick full backed underwear. No thongs. Oh, no sleeping thongs. It's got to be full backed or granny panty Mm -hmm. or boys shorts. Any of those. Hell yes. Tell you what. I am a new convert to like regular underwear. Oh my God. I love regular underwear. So I have been just a thong only kind of gal for so long. And and let me tell you why. It's not cuz I'm cool. It's because I have a pretty giant ass. Like even when I'm like super skinny, I have a big ass. And so regular underwear has typically always ended up as a thong for me. Right. You know, right. it always totally. finds its way up my butt. Uh-huh. So like at a fairly young age, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get ahead of the game. Totally. I'm going to minimize the amount of fabric and I'm just going to put it in there to begin with. <laughs> um, yep. I totally get that. That makes sense. And lately, I am now able to wear full-backed underwear. My ass is still pretty big, but I think I'm doing less lunging during the day or something. I don't know what it is. I don't know. You just don't have that vortex in your crack sucking up all the the material. Maybe maybe my ass has gotten fat enough to repel the fabric. I mean, I'm not complaining. I am happy. I I am comfy. I can sit on hard surfaces without any problem. It's delightful. Uh, That is. In fact, I went to Marshall's the other day. Love me a Marshall's. Love Love it. Love me a Marshall's. And I was buying this, that, and the other. And I was walking past the underwear section. And there was a five pack of just plain cotton underwear. But it was branded Marilyn Monroe. And if you think I didn't buy that shit, ah. you are. Ah. Ah. I'm about to flash you, Amy. Look. <gasps> You're wearing them right now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Tammy is going to show me her Marilyn Monroe cotton undies. <gasps> it says Marilyn Monroe on the waistband. Oh, like my Calvin God. Fucking I was Klein. just going to say it's like where the <laughs> Calvin Klein writing would uh-huh. be. Oh, uh-huh. my God, Tammy. Love is amazing. Delightful. I've never uh, been more comfortable slash sexy. I'm <laughs> super jealous. I need these undies from Marshalls. Marilyn 1999 Monroe for five of them, Fuck baby. Yes. Oh, yeah. the best. Ah, oh, you guys. If you wanted to talk about lingerie, you're at the wrong <laughs> podcast. Cause surprise, this is actually 
Peaches and Booze. Hey, paranormal podcast. With a shot of liquid courage. And that liquid courage of mine is just about empty because Tammy and I have been chatting away. We had away. to catch up. We needed a <laughs> catch up. So in we, we caught up for like 45 minutes to an hour <laughs> off the air. Oops. But I had already made my drink and I've been uh-huh. drinking it. So I've got one sip left. I'm going to save it. I think this is going to be a pretty drunk episode. <laughs> Probably. And the second ones are always really hard. Well, for everyone listening, this is not yeah. the second episode, but we record two in a day. And so last week's episode and the one you're about to hear were recorded back to back. So like mm-hmm. we already have a drink in our system. And, Whoops. Um, oops. That's why, that's why every other episode I lose my words because I'm like, anyway, Ah, I feel like I was already losing my words last time. Excuse. Oh no. Um, Well, and I just poured a tall glass, so now (gasps) I'm like down to a normal amount in a partners in wine glass. That's right. Because okay, so we should talk about what our our uh, yes topic topic. this time because this is coming out either on or the day after Mm -hmm. Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes, which. it would maybe on some old calendars, yeah. like possibly wall calendars from I don't know when, mm-hmm. would say Columbus Day, but it is right. Indigenous Peoples Day because guess what? Columbus was a real dick mm-hmm. and we're honoring Indigenous peoples. So we decided we would dedicate this episode to stories of, uh-huh. you know, of Indigenous peoples, whether it's about, I mean, we never really talked about this. We just kind of came up with it. I think we it. just said like Indigenous people ghost story yes. situations. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is really, really cool because we've done in the past like um, – not campfire tales, but, you know, just legends and, yeah, and, yeah. and myths and stuff of indigenous mm-hmm. peoples. But this one, I'm, I don't know about you, but I specifically went for ghost stories. Like, Good for you. Yeah. I saw what you did. I'm really excited about mine. What? What? Amy, what are you drinking? Uh, just something I felt like drinking, which has nothing to do with um, indigenous peoples. Although, okay. here, here's the connection. Okay, so I, because, you know, I've... I'm still stuck on Italy. Um, really got into April spritzes out there. You know, yes, I love me a nice little aperitivo, and you just like open up that digestive system with something bitter um, and alcoholic. Get your tummy ready for some mm-hmm. dinner. Mm-hmm. So, um, because I usually eat dinner after we we record, I made this excuse. Uh, I'm like, I'm making an <laughs> April spritz, and I was That's like, so fancy. It's so fancy. So I got April. I got prosecco. I made some soda water. I just don't have the fancy orange peel. Um, and then I was like, how am I going to tie this in? I was like, okay, Columbus, that piece mm-hmm. of shit yep. is from Italy. He's, yep. And this is an Italian drink. So Girl, I know I skipped it. I know I didn't talk about it in a while. There's a whole episode of The Sopranos where they're pissed off that they're trying to rebrand Columbus Day <laughs> to Indigenous <laughs> People's <laughs> Day because they're like, it's Italian erasure. So oh my They literally God. get in a fist fight with Native Americans Stop over Columbus Day. It. Oh, that's no, so real. humiliating. It's very that, real. And I'm sure it happens. That's so embarrassing. As no, an Italian, perfect. I will say, oh, 
God. Um, yeah, so I was like, well, this is this drink is not to honor Columbus. It's to say, I want an Italian aperitivo or aperitif. And, uh, and yeah, and we're just going to honor indigenous people. You're drinking stories. the past away. That's what you're drinking doing. Drinking my past away. I'm well, just a drunk that, white girl. Yeah. <laughs> Telling other people's stories. I was going to say that segues well into mine, but drunk white girl always segues <laughs> well, segues well into mine. Um, so, all right. I made you go first last time because I wanted to go first this time because I have Yay! got some fucking things to say. Oh, I'm excited. All right. So Amy and I have been doing this podcast for several years now and we, you know, we talk about indigenous peoples on this uh, podcast a lot. We go say it with me. It was built on. Right. So I found an article all about that. Oh. Um, and it, it is, I'm just going to ramble for a while. Oh my so God. my, I told you I've, I've been going to this Unitarian church. Mm-hmm. They have a very, um, right now they're very deep in this, um, uh, program where they're working on uh, they're doing a lot of anti-racist work and they're um, uh, hosting a lot of talks and and lectures and things like that talking about the roots of white supremacy and like what we as white people can do about that and blah 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 and one of the things that we can do is confront you know when maybe we're learning some more things and so today when I did my research I mean when I did my research so far in advance um (laughs) I learned some things I learned some things that I'm excited to share well sometimes uh when you've said some things and they're maybe not necessarily accurate anymore you call that eating crow right (laughs) you call it eating crow well I found a crow canyon cabernet is the bottle of wine Oh, so I can't I can't goodness, eat any crow, but I will be drinking some crow this time oh because my God. I found an article titled The Suburban Horror of the Indian Burial Ground. And oh. it is about all of this. And so I humbly apologize. I don't think I'll actually be talking about ghosts this time. I'm going to be talking about the myth of the ancient Indian burial ground. I know oh your my face God. and my face <laughs> and our faces. I'm like. I'm so ready for this. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Me too. So okay. let me take a sip of this yes. crow. Let me take a sip of this Columbus. Drink, drink <laughs> your past. I'm going to drink my words. Tastes okay. like regret. Ah. <sighs> Okay, so I am just essentially going to read this article word for word. I'm in. I'm here. Um, It was written by Colin Dickey in The New Republic um, in October of 2016. Um, And uh, here we go. We're going to start with a quote. America is not a young land, William S. Burroughs writes in Naked Lunch. It is old and dirty and evil. Before the settlers, before the Indians, the evil was there waiting. It's this same belief in an old, dirty evil that drives so many of us to our modern ghost stories. There are haunted bridges and haunted alleyways, haunted parks and haunted parking lots. But in the United States, the most common, the most primal haunted place is a house. Home ownership has always been intertwined with the American dream. We have magnified this simple property decision in part because it represents safety and security. The haunted house is a violation of this 
comfort. The American dream gone horribly wrong. And in the last few decades, the most common cause for a house is haunting, a problem cited so frequently it's almost become a cliche, is the Indian burial ground. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ooh. The Anglo fascination with Indian burial lands stretches back at least to the 18th century. A revolutionary poet, Philip Freneau, for now, mm, for now, uh, <laughs> for new for now, uh, was one of the earliest to approach these sacred lands with a mix of exoticism and foreboding. In his 1787 poem, quote, The Indian Burial Ground is what it was called, he saw the spirits of vanquished Indians still hunting, feasting, and playing. Uh, here's a quote from that poem. Thou, stranger, shalt come this way. No fraud upon the dead commit. Observe the swelling twerf, turf. <laughs> and say, they do not lie, but here they sit. Be wary of the native burial ground, he warns, for life still moves there. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's see. So if if for this poet guy, um, the lands were mystical and sacred, in the 70s, this idea turned malevolent, becoming the foundation for a series of horror movies and stories of haunted houses. Its popularity stems almost entirely from Jay Anson's 1977 massive bestseller, The Amityville Horror. Uh, the genre defining horror film and the and the film based on it that was also featured in this very podcast it sure about was. 17 <laughs> times. <laughs> um, Anson's book, Advertised as a True Story, was based on testimony from George and Kathleen Lutz, uh, who claimed to have undergone a harrowing experience in the Long Island hamlet of Amityville. When the Lutzes bought their dream home, they knew it, it had been the site of six murders. That part was absolutely true. Um, and then, yeah, because in October of 74, 23-year-old Ronald DeFeo shot his father, mother, two sisters, and two brothers in the house. That was all true. Mm -hmm. um, and deciding not to care about that, the Lutzes bought the house a year later. Uh, but a host of unexplained occurrences took place as soon as they moved in. George began waking up every morning at 3.15 a.m., uh, which was the time that the DeFeo murders had happened. The Lutz children began sleeping on their stomachs in the same pose as the DeFeo victims had been found. Okay, okay, I don't, that is so. I don't creepy. remember that part. Now uh, I'm freaked out. I don't remember any, I don't remember hearing that ever. Look, we can look. We can blame okay. this part on that guy murdering his family. Okay, that's really creepy. I never heard that. Um, in less than a month, the Lutzes abandoned the home, leaving their possessions behind. I've heard other things. So mm. interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so anyway, when they went to go figure out why it was, according to this guy that wrote the book, um, a member of the Amityville Historical Society revealed to them that the site of their home had once been used by the Shinnecock Indians as an enclosure for the sick, mad, and dying. Um, and these were, these quote, unfortunates were pinned up until they died of exposure. So I do remember that when we were doing our, our... Uh, research that the Shinnecock Indians were there. Yes. Uh, but then uh, this guy that wrote the book said, so they, they let, you know, they put their sick people there, but mm -hmm. they wouldn't use it as consecrated burial ground because they thought there were demons there. Oh. Um, but then when a paranormal researcher showed up, um, he thought that it was the burial ground, right? 
Um, he said uh, he channeled the spirit of a Shinnecock Indian chief who told her, oh, her, oops, my bad, uh, that the house stood on an ancient Indian burial ground. Okay. So none of this has held up under any kind of scrutiny. So mm-hmm. the Shinnecock were there, but they lived about 50 miles away from Amityville. Um, mm. And the nearest human remains are over a mile from the house. So also, they're like, the Shinnecock and, like, no Native American people would have ever treated their sick that way. Like, they never would have been like, stay here till you die. That's, like, not yeah. a thing that would have happened. Uh-huh. But by then, you know, the entire, like, narrative was already set. Um, mm. So, blah, blah, blah. There's a bunch of like white people arguing with each other about whether this is true or not. Perfect. <laughs> um, let's see. So what is surprising is how quickly the trope of a haunted Indian burial ground took root and spread throughout the rest of American culture. Haunted Indian burial grounds have appeared since Poltergeist in Stanley Kubrick's adaptation of The Shining and in countless lesser-known films, novels, and TV shows. It's a legend that's become so ubiquitous that it's become something of a cliché. Which is exactly how we've treated it. We go, say it with me, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, total cliche. In Stephen King's novel Pet Cemetery, uh, it's a particular striking version, in part because he describes in great detail the nature and function of the burial ground. Hmm. Uh, The protagonist moves his family to rural Maine. Uh, When his daughter's cat is hit by a car, um, they bury it, and, and that uh micmac is the name of the tribe uh then the cat comes back to life right but it's different it's mean and gross mm-hmm. um and then they do the same th- i don't know if you've seen pet cemetery no it's too scary it's very scary so like the cat okay so it's crazy good so the cat dies and then they say oh bury it over there where well, they bury it then it comes back but it's also evil mm. well then their little boy gets hit by a car and he's like crazy so then he goes and buries the little boy there oh and he does come back no and he's not right oh yeah. it's Spooky. No, I will not be watching that. No, thank you. So what's interesting is when the book was published at the same time, um, the state of Maine, you know, was was involved in a legal battle um, against several native nations. Um, So it was kind of a little bit of a like othering of of these these tribes um and it was kind of in the zeitgeist people were reading about it every day and it's like oh interesting because it was a land dispute so you know maybe it was even on stephen king's mind when he he wrote this yeah i'll bet um so let's see the land dispute uh was home to over three hundred fifty thousand people who would have needed resettlement had the tribes Uh been successful once it became clear that their claim had merit the government scrambled to find a settlement that wouldn't involve the displacement of large amounts of non-indigenous residents ultimately awarding the three tribes more than 81 million dollars wow yeah dang so all of this is kind of like in the background of that novel um it's just kind of yeah so they go on. They're ta- they're talking about pet cemetery a lot. It's <laughs> it's good, but we don't need to talk about it that much. Gay. Uh, 
Maybe um, that's better for me. Here's here's some conclusion, though. The narrative of the haunted Indian burial ground hides a certain anxiety about the land on which Americans, specifically white middle class Americans, live. Embedded deep in the idea of home ownership, the holy grail of American middle class life, is the idea that we don't, in fact, own the land we've just bought. Mm. Time and time again in these stories, perfectly average, innocent American families are confronted by ghosts who have persevered for centuries, who remain vengeful for the damage done. Facing these ghosts and expelling them in many of these horror stories becomes a means of refighting the Indian wars of the past. King's novel works by playing off a buried, latent anxiety Americans have about the land they own. If you're willing to see this conflict over land as the basis of many of our ghost stories, then it won't be surprising that so much of America is haunted. There's precious little land in the United States that hasn't been contested one way or another through the years. Americans lived on haunted land because we have no other choice. Wow. Isn't that fucking fascinating? Excellent article. Oh my goodness. I wow. was blown the fuck away by yeah. that. Yeah. My mind is blown. That is fascinating. That's a great article. What a great I, read. You know, and I'm just so I'm so grateful to have read this too because, you know, we do a lot of research. We do a lot. And, and it comes up time and time again. Oh, it was on ancient Indian burial grounds. And mm-hmm. this was truly one of the first times. Because I feel like we've we've at least had some awareness of being like fucking idiot white people. Like burying, right. you know, on these. Yeah. And this was one of the first times that it occurred to me. Every bit of land we step on, even if it's not burial ground, was not ours. Yeah. So. Yeah. And. And then to make to make it like a but to make it a curse rather than like we did something bad mm-hmm. kind right. of it others it and it makes it like, oh, no, these like mystical other people are punishing us yes. rather than just like maybe don't be a piece of shit, you know? Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Gosh, my mind is, my brain is still wrapping itself around so, all of this. So, yeah, that was I, really good. I was so interested to read this. It gave me so much to think about. And in the future, when I read, you know, uh, some research that says that this was on, you know, ancient Indian burial ground, I, you know, I'll stop and think and wonder, like, you know, is this perpetual? Is this, you know, something that's actually right? We like, know for a fact. Yeah, that where's this the was, proof? Yeah. Yes. Or yes. is this just kind of playing into that narrative of, you know, yes, mystical other. So so anyway, wow. that was my article. I'll leave on one because I I denied you ghost stories. Uh, I have a slight recommend. I have a recommendation. OK. Um, while I was doing research, I found there is a podcast called Indigenous Ghost Stories. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So there aren't that many episodes. I don't know if they're going to continue fun. doing them because I think COVID maybe shut it down a little bit. Okay. But it's hosted by a guy named Luke Briscoe and it is from an indigenous perspective and it's talking to indigenous people and it's not just <gasps> like native stories. It's literally like this native person lived in a haunted house and they want to talk about it. Oh, so yes. That's yeah. Great. So it's all kinds of stories. It's got great reviews. But so yes. I highly recommend look that up. Indigenous mm. ghost stories hosted indigenous. by Luke Briscoe. 
ghost stories. Okay. Yeah. Yay. Oh, fun. I will definitely listen. That's so awesome. Now I did that. I'm thrilled to drink the rest of oh, my crow. Please <laughs> drink the rest of your crow. I finished m- drinking my, my past. Good for you. Um, well, I kind of similar to, I guess, the Indigenous Ghost Stories podcast, uh, same fashion, just did ghost encounters that were experienced by Indigenous peoples. So, awesome. yeah. So it came from a website called coldspot.org. Well. I think most of the ones that I pulled just by happenstance, let me look. Yeah, they're all Indigenous Canadian. Okay, cool. Um, well, what's Canada today? Um, and so, yes, it's told by the people who experienced it. So they're firsthand stories that, mm-hmm. that Indigenous people uh, wrote in our persons and yeah these are so it's first nations aboriginal ghost stories yay mm. i i cheated a little bit because i saw yours and then i knew mine was gonna be a little heavy so i thought yeah let's do that and then let's yes. give a let's literally step aside and yeah. let indigenous voices like take us out with some like scary shit yes right? please like you tell us like your ghost stories instead yeah. of us being like your ghost haunted this house uh-huh, you guys exactly. your people haunted this place um, okay, so this location um, is in what is Nova Scotia, Canada, and the it's a called. I'm sorry if my pronunciation. The es- Escasones, which is a First Nation community. Okay. Um, okay, so quote: I was about 16 years old at the time. I am 31 now. Anyways, me and my boyfriend at the time were at the Castle Bay ball field with some of our friends on a Friday night during the summer. We were going to meet up with some of some more of our friends on Beach Road. We had to take a trail through the woods. This is no longer there as it is now a school. It was about 9.30-ish in the evening. My boyfriend had a Bic lighter. I didn't have a lighter, so a close friend of mine let me use his Zippo, allowing me to, <laughs> to see walking through the woods. Who carries a Zippo? I love that. Those are like so old school. It seems like the cool kid in school had a right? Zippo. Right? It's like, right. need a light? Uh-huh. I got this massive box of a lighter <laughs> on me. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, also, walking through the woods only lit by lighters. That's so yeah, freaky. Yeah, no, thank That's you. so freaky. I don't know what uh, this person said. They were 16 at the time. They're 31 now. But I don't know when this was written. So who knows when it was? In 1930. <laughs> um as we got a little ways into the trail <laughs> through the woods, we noticed a very dark shadow in the woods. You could even hear branches of the trees breaking. Assuming this shadow was one of the boys trying to scare me, we approached it and said, um, now this is interesting because it sounds Australian, but they're from Canada. And, uh, we approached it and said, G'day, boys. Taliak, which means what's up. But they didn't answer back. They might be, because it also said Aboriginal stories, didn't it? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Aborigines, that's Australian. That's Australian and New Zealand, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's what I thought, too. I got the most eerie feeling. Oh, we said it again. G'day, boys. Taliak. Still nothing. I got the eeriest feeling I've ever felt in my life. I immediately asked my boyfriend, who is that? Why isn't it saying anything? Why isn't it moving? I got so scared, the most scared I've ever felt. I turned on the Zippo to see who this person was. When I looked up, I didn't see a face. I didn't see hair. 
All I saw was a tall, tall black shadow wearing a trench style coat and a top hat of some sort. Shut the fuck up. I know. Um, I prayed in my head for this thing in the woods not to bother or harm us and to just leave us alone. My boyfriend said in, and this is their native language, M-I apostrophe K-M-A-Q, Mc. I, I'm, I don't know yeah. if I want to touch that because I will butcher yeah. it. So her boyfriend in in a, uh, their language uh, said, go away, leave us alone. The shadow suddenly just turned around, didn't say anything, and walked away. We turned on the Zippo again, and we could see the footprints walking away no. from us as though someone was stepping in nope. the grass. <laughs> when we got out of the woods and onto the main road on Beach Road, I asked my boyfriend, what the heck was that? He told me, you know those stories about the tall man in, in black that walks around, especially at night? I said, yeah. He said, babe, that was him. I huh. screamed and just thanked the creator for helping us get out of the trail safely. I haven't gone through that trail during the evening ever again. <sighs> You know what uh, that sounds like, too? That, like, Slender Man. Yes! Right? Oh, it's so creepy. Totally. It's 100% made up. Like, it's been proven that that was made up on Reddit. Like, right. Someone but, made it up. But that story But still it sounds like that. Like a shadow. Scares the shit out of me. The top. Yes. Oh, my God. What if it was the Babadook, actually? <gasps> did you ever see the Babadook movie? Of course you didn't. Hell no, I don't know why I asked But you I that. know of it. <laughs> Hell no, I have not. It's so good. Oh, that's what you say about all the scary movies to try and trick me into watching them. I know. It is actually pretty scary, but it's also about depression, which is even scarier. That's the best part about good horror movies is that they're never just like a scary thing. It's like depression, eating disorder, racism. Postpartum. (laughs) Yes, totally. Those are the hallmarks of much better horror Uh films. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah, Because the scariest ghosts are the ones within us because i think babadook is australian i think he's australian i think so yeah (laughs) oh it's almost october i get to watch it again oh my god yes you do and i will not we still have to do our watch party though oh my god yes we'll think we'll we'll think on it we'll We'll think think about it maybe babadook would be a good one Oh, Tammy, I don't know. Okay, no, I'll pick a dumb one just for you. Okay, okay thank you. Okay, great. Um, okay, so this next one takes place in a house that was built on a school site. Um, okay, so this is reported from Anonymous. Um, so I go to school at Pelican Falls High School. It used to be, oh, again, this takes place in Ontario. Um, okay. uh, Lac Sul First Nation. Um, but again, it sounded like at last one, it was sounded very New Zealand Australian. Yeah, so. no, I totally forgot that you said that the last one took place in yeah. like Nova Scotia, didn't it? Yeah, it was the uh, First Nation community of Eskasoni, which is in Nova Scotia, Canada. And then they said good day. Interesting. Yeah. Me, Maybe know. it's in the retelling. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. But you know what? Canadians, let us know. Do y'all say good day? Do you say good day? <laughs> Because I'd be cool if you did. Yeah. Uh, be cool if you didn't, too. We don't. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> uh, no girl's just right. Uh, had to get it in. All right. Here we go. So I go to school at Pelican Falls High School. It used to be an old Aboriginal residential school. 
So many people, kids, have died in the area. We live on site, so there is quite a bit of us in a single big house. Usually when I'm upstairs alone, I'd hear people in other rooms or the closet down the hallway, but no one would be upstairs. There was this one time I slept in room four. Oh, that's crazy to be like, I, that's your family's house. And you're like, I'll be in room four. Ah. Uh, I slept in room four. There would be this little girl aged four to six who would walk in almost every night and lay down in the middle of the room and disappear. I'm so scared right now. And when I moved to room two, the same little girl would come in, but she wouldn't be as nice and friendly as she was in room four. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. On multiple occasions, I would wake up with scratches on my legs or arms. Once in a while, I would have bruises on my wrists. <gasps> Other times, you would be able to hear a man yelling in the hallway in the middle of the night. The male gender wouldn't be allowed upstairs, and our doors would be locked at 11 p.m., so no way they would get in at 2 a.m. in the morning. And it would be so it would be scary. It would usually... Usually I would have to listen to music and drain out the sounds. Um, So just hearing some dudes screaming all night long. Uh, We would be lucky if we could go for a while. I'm sorry. We would be lucky if we could go a while without hearing or seeing anything. May I add this is about 30 minutes away from Sioux Lookout, Ontario in the Laxul traditional territory. Mm. Um, So yeah. Okay. So it sounds like this person was attending school. Right. At an old Aboriginal residential school, right, where really, really fucking bad, terrible shit and went down. That that's been in the news recently too. Yes, yes, it has. So I don't yeah. even know when this was written, but obviously we've known about these horrors for a very long time and have not done a thing about it. Look, I let this go before, but you cracked me up earlier when you were like, "They said they're thirty-one. Who knows when this was written? You know, maybe this happened in the thirties." Like, Oops. Wait a minute. So when they, they wrote this, this on, on the, the internet? internet in 1960 something. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe they wrote it from maybe? the other side. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. maybe. But it did crack me up. <laughs> I didn't even think I was of imagining that. like Joan Holloway uh, from Mad Men uh, typing uh, this up and scanning her. it into the internet. <laughs> uh, uh, Can you telefax uh, this to the internet, please? <laughs> we know they were working on it back then i used shorthand to put it onto the internet (laughs) oh my god i didn't even catch that the first time that's great um okay so this is my last one um this is from a first nations community called iskut in its british columbia canada okay we have another school story Um, this is a ghost report from Bonnie, May 28th, 2015. Bonnie says, I worked at a school in Iskut, British Columbia for two years and have never been so frightened in another building in my life. I have lived in many creepy houses and ventured through strange, eerie buildings, but they never actually scared me. This school did. The first time I walked into the building, it had an uncomfortable, oppressive feeling to it, and I could immediately feel someone or something watching me. I worked in the library, which was located in the center of the building and was open to the rest of the building on two sides. Basically, I only had two walls, no doors. Because of this, I could hear most of what happened in the school. When the kids left, the building was usually quite quiet. But when the rest of the staff would leave, it got noisier again. Ooh. 
I often stayed late with two of the teachers because there was a lot of work to do in the library. When the other teachers left, they would lock their classrooms. All the same, after they were gone, I'd hear their classroom doors opening and slamming shut. Ah, I didn't read this in advance. (laughs) Afterward, I'd hear small footsteps and sometimes a girl giggling. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. If I stayed particularly late after dinner time, I would sometimes hear what sounded like a person running down the hallway and pounding on the walls on one side. Good God. I swear to God, there is nothing scarier than fast movement that you can't identify. Oh my God, Tammy. I know, right? Seriously. This is terrifying. Fast movement that you can't identify and then pounding all around you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so scared right now. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't see anyone. And anyone trying to do that on the other side of the wall would have to be able to run through classroom walls to do it. (sighs) After a fundraiser one night, I was bringing supplies back from the gym into the main part of the building. When I opened the doors, I could hear jazz music coming from one of the classrooms. The classroom door was locked and it was dark inside. When I opened the door, the music stopped. I checked the CD player the teacher used and it was unplugged. Needless to say, uh, I got out of there as quick as I could. Yeah, oh. needless to fucking say. I'm so freaking freaked out right now. Holy shit. Okay, there's one more paragraph. No. We can get through this. Okay, hold on. Okay, sorry, there's two. I'm going to drink, drink that wine. I'm going to drink crow. Drink crow. Drink crow, girl. Another experience, which was much later at night. My father was contracted with renovating the school's kitchen and was trying to meet a strict deadline, so he asked me to help after school hours. We had two days left to finish, so we were working well past midnight to finish on time. I was feeling very jumpy and kept flinching at the smallest of sounds. Eventually, my dad asked if I was okay, and I told him I felt like something was watching me and or creeping up on me. He said, well, I didn't want to tell you this, but when I was here by myself the other night, I saw a little girl. She stayed in the shadows of the hallway just out of range of my work lights. I asked her what she was doing in the building, and she said, my name is Kayla, and I live here now. Then she laughed and disappeared. It was like she dissolved or something. I didn't want to scare you, but maybe she's hanging out with us. I could not even finish that sentence. I can't. Oh my god! 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 Body. There are tears. Like I did not expect this to be so scary. Dream down my fucking face. Oh my god! I did not expect this to be so scary, Tammy. Staying just out of the light. Oh Oh my god. God. Oh my god. And that she actually spoke like, I live here now. (laughs) Oh, fuck that shit. Uh, Bonnie said, I worked as hard as I could to be finished with that project and avoided the building late at night from then on. Last thing. The last occurrence I experienced was shortly before I left the community. I was working in the library through spring break to get it ready for the next librarian. So I was alone in the building. I could hear a sound that was a mixture of strong winds and distant thunder. And I felt as though something was behind me. Suddenly, a shadow like a huge bird swooped down from the ceiling behind me. Instinctively, I ducked. But it still seemed as if the only... It still seemed as if it was only an inch or so above my head. It glided across the library, down the hallway at the other end, then rose up into the ceiling. After that, music started playing in the classroom at the far end of the building. Ah! 
I was being patient and brave, and now I'm done. I am so done. I don't even want to finish talking about this out loud. Oh, God. I was so freaked out, I almost left. But one of the janitors came into the building, and the music stopped. I managed to work through the rest of the day, but I found someone to come with me for the rest of spring break. Like, Bonnie, how did you not? How did that not take 20 years off of your freaking life? I Bonnie. swear to God. Oh, my God. Tammy, I'm so scared right now. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't vet these properly. Okay, so I did my research like a week ago because I was like jet lagged. I was just like, yeah, let's yeah. just get this shit done. And I, there were a ton of stories, but I was like, this look, these three look like the most interesting from what I've skimmed. I'm terrified. It was really scary. It's so scary. Oh I'm my so God. glad I listened to my instinct. I was like, I'm going to read this very... <laughs> So happy. Important and sobering article. I and I this think was Amy's got actual ghost stories. So that'll yes. be good. And I'm very glad that we did something different for this episode because, again, most Native American or Indigenous stories we've shared are those of legends and yeah. myths in their communities, which probably really aren't for us to share. And or it's been what we've done where we're yeah. like, oh, oh it was these dumb a- white people, mm-hmm. you know, which... You know, we're we're trying to be like, oh, you idiots, you shouldn't do that. But it still kind of perpetuates that that exactly. stereotype of like, oh, these scary native people right. are here to curse you. you we're know? just trying to settle in our home and buy yeah. our land, and now we're cursed. And I'll give I'll I'll give us this in general when you and I are speaking about this, we tend to be like, yeah, you've made a terrible mistake. By violating boundaries here, exactly. right? We try exactly. to talk about it this way. But at the same time, people who are not necessarily like into ghost stories or whatever, when they reference those kinds of things, it's not with a level of respect. It is it is definitely like an othering. So like, yeah, agreed. I think, uh, you know, while we, while we, I don't imagine we will never again say this was a sacred ground to Native peoples. Probably we will take it with a small amount of skepticism and and keep in our collective mind, our podcast minds. Well that said. Yeah, yes. like where is this coming from? Is mm-hmm. this from a place of like let's respect what is or is this othering and exactly. Yeah. And you know, I could always afford to do a little extra research and uh check my sources, which I very rarely have done. So. I can't believe that's what I've set us up for. Uh- <laughs> Not That's okay really that. what you did, Tammy. Come on. Now we're doing more work. No, it's it's good work. <laughs> we need to do it. <laughs> well, um, if anyone listening has some great stories mm-hmm. of your own, um, we would love to hear them so we can share them on the podcast. It's Halloween yeah. season, y'all. Let's get I'm so spooky. excited. It's the best. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It also makes it the most difficult to do our research because you type in ghost and oh. anything and it's uh, or haunted, haunted anything and it's like haunted oh hayride, haunted like, no. tour, haunted house spectacular. It's yeah, no. it's really the hardest time of year to do our research. It, it is. really is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but please, yes, 
Send us your stories at upghostandpersonal at gmail.com or drop us a line on our beautifully built website. Thank you, Tammy. Uh, what's our website called? Banshiesandboots.com. Ah, ah, shit. See, at the end of the second episode, uh-huh. this You're is what You're just scared. Happens. It's not your fault. I'm scared. I'm jet lagged. I'm tired. I'm hungry. You're a little drinky drunk. I mean, whatever. Yes. Yes. Um, what else, Tams? Um, come over to our Instagram. You can go to www.instagram.com slash banshees and booze where you will see beautiful images I don't have any images for this time. Sorry, Amy. Uh, uh, you know what? Neither do I. So I'll just find some of us. Find some <laughs> images. It'll be delightful. I'll find um, some. And if you um, have nothing <laughs> like our Twitter account, you can go to Twitter at Banshees. Mm-hmm. Booze. <laughs> and please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And this might be a tricky one today, Tammy, because we were light on ghosts. But hey, Tammy. <sighs> yes, Amy. If you see a ghost. Don't blame it on native peoples, for Christ's sake. Oh, my God. That was going to be mine. I love no, it. So no, true. Stop. Blame I mean, me. you could take it. You could take no, it. No, I will find it's something true. else. It's true, though. You guys, please. Enough of this baloney. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you read that article. That would thank you for that. Yeah. Um, we're all about doing the work and having a good time. Um, hey, Amy. Yes, Tammy. If you see a ghost. Don't sleep in room four or room two. Just, <laughs> just go. Don't, that little don't. girl got mean in the other one. I didn't she like got that. Mean in the other one. Why did she keep following her from room to room? If she didn't, uh, uh, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. This is really spooking me out. This really yeah, got I'm me. I'm upset. I don't like this. I'm I'm upset, scared. Yeah, and last it's been night, a while. You were ta- so you were talking last time about getting woken up in Italy by scary yeah. noises in the middle of the night. Literally, I've slept like shit the past couple nights, and that's not me. Oh, I, no. I'm a human who sleeps. I yes. enjoy the sleep. You don't and have sleep. sleep trouble. Yeah. Uh, I've been having trouble sleeping, mm. and last night. Like, I think it was like four o'clock in the morning. I woke up and I thought I was woken up by an incredibly loud sound. Like I Whoa. thought I was woken up by like, like a, a, what do you call it? A transformer exploding Whoa. or something. You know, like, I mean, it was loud yeah. and very like boom and then kind of crackly. And, and I woke up and my heart was racing and I like sat up in the bed and I like got up and I like stuck my face out the window and I didn't see anything and like no one else was looking. And it's slow like it was one of those things that slowly but surely occurred to me that I'm pretty sure it happened all in my head. <laughs> Which oh, was that's so happened to me. Freaky. Yes. Like, because yes. it was so specific. Like it was it was a really yep. specific sound and it woke me up. Like physically, like where my heart was just racing. That's so scary. That has happened to me very recently, like since getting back from Italy, where Mm -hmm. the same thing, I woke up in the dead of sleep thinking that a loud, loud noise woke me up and came to realize that there was no loud noise. Yeah. 
Yeah. Isn't that so disturbing, though? Did not like it. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't like that What one bit. It's very confusing and very, very yeah. disturbing. Because you're like, okay, did that happen in my dream? Like, mm-hmm. or did that just not happen, period? That's the worst when you have some kind of dream or something that affects you physically. Like, like when you wake up and your heart is racing. Mm-hmm. And you're like... That's not fair because that thing wasn't real and I shouldn't be having a real reaction to it. Right. Exactly. It's so unfair. Uh, Well, I hope that you get excellent sleep tonight after those really scary stories. I guess we'll see. Let's see what we can do, Crow Canyon cab. If anything scary wakes you up in the middle of the night, do as we did in uh, on the Queen Mary and just grab a recorder and just start talking. Start talking. Okay. Well, I know this is coming to bed with me then. (laughs) All right. I'll see you next time, Amy. I'm scared now. What did I I set us up for? Okay, I hope everyone listening to this is listening in broad daylight. Okay. Yeah, me too. See you next week. Scary you next week. Scary next Scary week. next time. Scary you later. Oh boy, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs>